0: This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from FalconTwin.com. I'm Brendan, and this is the Falcon Twin One Year Podiversary Year in Review Spectacular! It is indeed the Podiversary. The first show of the Falcon Twin Podcast is on December 9th, 2005. And since I still don't have a scene to talk about, I'm just going to take a break here and get personal. Wanda Wisdom style. Actually, I don't know how many more podcasts there are going to be since the prologue is so close and I've already commented on it, so I don't think I'm going to have too much to add the second time through. Maybe I could talk a little bit about the differences in the visuals, but otherwise, I don't think I'm going to have much to say about it. And since there aren't too many more scenes between now and the prologue, it's not going to be very much to talk about. And So I guess this is as good a time as any to, to talk about this. The podcast. Why I began it. Well, I think maybe I've already covered this before, but I don't care, I'm going to talk about it again. I discovered podcasting around the summer of 2005, and I think that someone linked to an episode of Twit, which I listened to, began to understand what this whole podcasting thing was, which I'd kind of begun to hear about on the periphery of the blogs and everything that I was paying attention to, but didn't really care about. But after listening to that, and listening to a few more podcasts, I quickly became a big fan of the medium. For the first few years that I was working on Falcon Twin, I watched a lot of DVDs and and movies while I was drawing the pages, and I really liked the commentary tracks in particular, especially the tracks on the Kevin Smith films, which are always a lot of fun. And I'd been thinking for a while that it would be kind of fun to do a commentary track for Falcon Twin, although since I do the entire thing myself, it wouldn't really be possible to get a bunch of people together for witty banter the way Kevin Smith does, and I thought about maybe getting readers on to talk about it or something, but ultimately I sort of thought, hmm, that's not going to work so well, because, you know, everyone on a Kevin Smith film on the commentary track is was part of the film. You've Kevin Smith, you've got actors who were in it, and you got the producer, and so people who actually had a hand in making the film, but with Falcon Twin, you know, the only person in that case is me, so I I decided not to do that, and a couple months after I started listening to podcasts, I picked up on Alpha Rant while I was out looking for webcomic-related podcasts, which... Obviously I liked that show a lot and that really I think was the thing that finally got the gears turning my head and eventually I decided that I was going to give it a shot. So, what's changed over the course of the year? Well, the sound is definitely better, although it's still far from spectacular, but it's not offensively bad, so there's no dire need to improve it. It's just not great. I know that there are people out there who have big, fancy, expensive microphones, and if I had a big podcast with a whole bunch of listeners, I suppose I could probably justify that too, but for me, this cheapo Logitech headset has been doing fine. GarageBand was working fine for a while from the, I guess around the middle of summer until just recently, but then I discovered when I was doing the last show with Brent that there's some kind of weird limitation in GarageBand that it can only edit files up to an hour and six minutes. I don't know why there is that limitation, I don't know what purpose it serves, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and since that show that I was doing with Brent wound up being an hour and ten minutes, I couldn't use GarageBand for it. So everything has come full circle and I'm back in front of Audacity, which has barely been updated since I first checked it out a full year ago, which is kind of sad and and really is a poor example of open source, I think. I used to dick around with the sound a lot on this show, but ultimately, you know, when I got right down to it, the last show that I did with Brent, I didn't do any processing on it whatsoever, partly because I mainly forgot and then also because it didn't really seem worth going back and, and trying to do it later on once I did remember And, ultimately, I couldn't even distinguish a difference between that show and the shows that I had done in GarageBand, so I suppose that all that time that I spent messing around with the equalizer and compression on all the previous shows was a total waste of time. So, lesson learned on that. One thing that's definitely changed is that I'm a lot more comfortable with my voice now. Not so much the sound of my voice, but just actually being willing to get up and start talking into the microphone, which a lot of people get really nervous about, and... I'm not sure why. I don't know if maybe I was really nervous back when I started either. But I think a lot of people are really concerned that their voices are going to sound bad. But to be honest, I've only ever heard one voice on a podcast that actually took me out of the content of the podcast and and I took note of his voice and thought, wow, this guy is a complete dork. But there was only one time and I've listened to quite a few podcasts. So when you get right down to it, your voice has to be pretty exceptionally awful to be unfit for podcasting. I ran out of stuff to talk about on the podcast somewhere around the middle of the year, which I expected going into the podcast. I never had concrete plans for what I was going to talk about after that, though, so it's been a little bit of a struggle trying to come up with things to talk about in the weeks between doing commentary tracks. one off shows like the Dreamfall review and the Oblivion review were very well received, although I will say this, I would really appreciate it, anyone who's listening, if you don't email me and say that that's all you listened to and you really liked it, because I actually had a couple of those emails after I did the show two weeks ago with Brent, And people were saying, yeah, I I listened to your show with Brent, and then I went back and listened to all the ones that weren't about the comic, and they were really great. And I see you do this, like, cartoon thing on the internet, and I don't know what that's about, and I don't really care, but all your other shows where you talk about everything but that are great. I know that that's intended to be a compliment, but it really isn't one, and it's actually a little bit insulting, so please don't do that. And if you do do that, now that I've asked you not to do it, you're just basically marking yourself out as a complete chode. So, you know, go ahead and do that if you really want to, and then I will know not to pay any attention to anything you say for the rest of time. I still believe that podcasting as a medium is great, just as much as I did back when I started doing this podcast and and even before. But as Joe Broodloss has pointed out, it's also the new webcomics in some ways. Everyone really seemed very nice in the podcasting world at first, And that lasted for, oh, about a year, maybe, if that. And then a lot of people concluded that podcasting was the quick, easy way to get famous. And sure enough, the bickering started, and people realized that it was actual work instead of just getting on there and talking about whatever, and that actually filling up an hour with interesting commentary isn't as easy as you would think. You can't just sit down and start talking. And furthermore, listeners don't just magically appear on your doorstep any more than webcomic readers do, and thus podfading was born. And sure enough, just like companies are out there trying to screw comic artists out of the rewards for their hard work, so are there now companies trying to screw podcasters out of the rewards for their own work. So, I mean, you really see a lot of parallels between the two of them. And if you're a creator of anything, whether it's webcomics or podcasters or whatever, please don't get taken advantage of. Don't sell yourself short. Don't let someone just come in and take all the profit for all of your work. That's, that's not right. Don't do that. At the end of the day, I think podcasting is going to have a much broader reach than web comics, which I don't think is really much of a revelation to anyone, especially in the United States, where comics do still have that sort of stigma of immaturity, which may be inescapable. But I will say that after three and a half years working on comics, at least in some sort of oblique way, I do still find it interesting as a medium. If I were going to do something else, I wouldn't be satisfied just writing or just drawing. And probably not even just podcasting, it would have to be a combination of things, and that's one strength that I do think that comics have. Around the summer of this year, I did get to be good friends with Brent from Virgin Worlds, which is the MMO site and podcast at virginworlds.com. I guess that's not really directly related to the podcast here, but he's been really great when he has come on the show, and I've had a really great time going on Virgin Worlds to talk MMOs, and I never had anyone to geek out with about MMOs before, so that turned out really great and i really value having brent as a friend over the last year i've kind of watched falcon twin slowly implode between you know my own personal feelings toward the project and then also the community which is basically dying the traffic on the message boards is way down partly because the retard quotient began to climb precipitously and i closed registration to stop the cancer from spreading but also partly because i've been kind of a fascist on the boards recently for which i make no apologies i don't like message boards anyway and my tolerance for stupid shit has hit absolute rock bottom actually it hasn't hit rock bottom it broke straight through the rock tunneled down through the earth's crust past the mantle straight down to the center of hell where satan took a look at it and said damn dude Readership for Falcon Twin seems to be about as high as it was at the beginning of the year, so I guess that goes to support my theory that message boards are more or less useless in the big scheme of things because if the message board traffic is dropped off to virtually nothing and the readership's about the same, I guess it doesn't really matter all that much after all. For me personally, the year has been, well, I've kind of liked to call it my great contraction. I've gotten rid of as much as I possibly can. One of my New Year's resolutions around the beginning of the year that ultimately became an obsessive-compulsive thing was to end the year with less crap than I started it with, and I I took it and ran with it. I've gotten rid of all my DVDs, which means I'm definitely not watching movies anymore while I draw the pages. I've gotten rid of probably 98% of my books, except for things that were gifts or ones that have some sort of sentimental value. I've gotten rid of all my console games. I still have my 360, but no games for it, no games for any other consoles. The only... One that I do still have is one copy of the game that I worked on way back when, before I started college. And at this point, the only media I'm consuming anymore are podcasts, video games, and the web. So it's been a year of whittling down a lot of stuff that ultimately wasn't helping me out, and I guess it's better not to have it around in the sort of less is more approach. I was thinking the other day about why it's gotten harder for me to do pages as often as I used to, and... I think the main reason for it is the way that the schedule for doing the pages has changed. My original goal was to have the pages done by noon GMT, which is about 4 a.m. San Diego time. And I used to do all the pages in one big, heroic 12-hour push, starting in the afternoon, usually just an hour or two after school, and then going on until the wee hours of the morning. And sometimes I remember having class at 8 in the morning, which meant that I would have to wake up at 6, so if I were lucky, I might get two hours of sleep that night, and that was a really pretty terrible experience. I had another class later on in the day on those days, and so after the first class, I would just go to the library, go downstairs, and fall asleep in one of the soft chairs that they had, which is ultimately a lot less comfortable than it probably sounds. Of course, I was just absolutely the walking dead for most of that quarter, and it didn't really let up either after that. Eventually, I pushed the deadline forward to midnight Pacific time, partly for my own sanity, but partly just because it didn't make sense to make the deadline 4 a.m. Pacific time when the original reason for that deadline was no longer present. And recently, I've tended to finish them even earlier than that. For the last few weeks, I've been finishing them before 8 o'clock at night, which is kind of nice because it leaves me a nice big open block of time that I can use to sort of relax after that and play games or talk with Brent on Skype or something. Furthermore, earlier on when I was working on the pages, I did a lot less work in Photoshop. The shading was a lot rougher, the backgrounds were a lot looser, and the color that I did was just basically to throw a color balance layer on the page and you know adjust the colors probably in the red direction for the light areas and probably in the bluish-greenish direction for the dark areas, and that was about it. But ultimately, the the color... Obviously changed quite a bit, and as I continued to push the deadline forward, I eventually split the production of the page across two days, so I would do the line art and the inking on one day, and then on the next day, I would do the shading, the backgrounds, and all the coloring and The net result was that even though it's more or less the same amount of actual time that it takes to do the page, maybe a little bit more. But now, instead of being you know one single massive push that would just leave me absolutely exhausted the next day, I am a little bit more stable, but doing three pages a week back in the day meant that I only lost three days of time. Because, you know, when, when I have a page to work on at Falcon Twin, I can't really get a lot else done that day. So back when I was doing three pages a week and I was doing a page all in one day, I only lost three days. But now if I do three pages a week, I lose six days out of the week and I only have one day to work on basically anything else. Or to work on nothing at all, and that's why the attempt to do three pages a week during this summer didn't go all that well. It is definitely nice to not be dead tired all the time, but it does mean that doing the same number of pages dominates my schedule with the way that I do it now, and also I'm not able to get pages out on the same sort of timeline that I used to. But I do think they at least look a little better than they did. So, all things considered, it's been an interesting year. If everything stays on schedule, I'm going to be done with Falcon Twin sometime in the spring of next year, which means that this may be one of the last few times that I'm going to talk to you. And after that, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. I don't really have a lot that I give a crap about anymore, to be completely honest. So, if you have questions about the Strip, you can email them to me via the link on the homepage, or you can post something on the forums. And speaking of questions and comments, thanks to everyone who sent comments on the last show. It seems like most of you enjoyed it. Many thanks, especially to those who offered help on getting through the Consulate Docks mission in Nightfall. As I mentioned on the homepage, Sean and some of the Guildcast listeners helped me through it, so major thanks to them. It wasn't even funny how they just completely devastated that mission. It was unbelievable. So a lot of thanks to them, as well as to Steve, Adam, and Lady Sney, who also offered to help. I'm pretty sure I replied to just about everyone who sent mail, and so if you didn't get a reply, it's probably because you sent something that didn't really need a reply because you didn't ask a question or say anything that needed a response, or because you were expecting a response, but you didn't deserve one. Because, you know, seriously people, I'm not going to spend the rest of my fucking life arguing with you over every single point I made on that show. And one last thing for Joe and Chris. I thought Oblivion was a very good game, and I had a lot of fun playing it. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. So there.